Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Center for Media Evangelization in Ewing, New Jersey, welcome to Come to Me with Jim Manfredonia. Stay tuned for an hour of talk, reflections, and meditations on topics that are important to today's Catholics. And now, here is your host, Jim Manfredonia. Well, a very good day to you, my friends. Welcome once again to Come To Me. My name is Jim Manfredonia, and as always, it is a great joy to be here with you, as we are so blessed every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday to share this hour together live at 4 p.m. on uh, Eastern Time. Uh, Of course, we repeat the program 10 o'clock at night Eastern Time. And uh, coming to you on all of our various media platforms, although today, no video today, we had the strangest thing happen yesterday. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're coasting along with all of our video. And uh, yesterday, for some reason, YouTube blocked us, you know, for Bruce's program. We, we, uh, we're going to go live at 3 o'clock uh, for Come to the Throne with Bruce Tobacco. And uh, uh, YouTube was blocking us from <laughs> live streaming our video. So we're working on that to see what the issue might be. Perhaps truth? I don't know. We'll find out. But hopefully uh, we'll be able to correct that. No video today, though. So uh, just all of our audio uh, platforms coming to you live at 4 o'clock. And actually, I shouldn't say that either because I am pre-recording the program. (laughs) But anyway, it is Tuesday, October 6th. A beautiful day the Lord has blessed us with today. A lot of things going on. You know, in the world, it just needs so much prayer. And uh, even yesterday, you know, we, we had scheduled on our on our log here to, to broadcast the uh, Novena uh, prayer for our nation that EWTN is bringing to us each day. And, and that had some glitches. So, you know, the old boy, he's just uh, really, really giving us a hard time. Um, and that means he's very threatened. So let's keep up. Keep up praying and keep on praying. Keep supporting this apostolate. Oh, my goodness, my friends, how we need you now more than ever. I'll talk a little bit more about that in just a few moments. But first, let's pray as we come together. Uh, And uh, we're going to pray for our dear, beautiful young friend, Maria. If you were with us yesterday um, on Bruce's program, and that's the last communication I received um, from uh, Brian Middleton, uh, Maria's dad, Yesterday, that Maria says was non-responsive, and her brain function had appeared to have stopped, and they were doing tests, and that was at two thirty yesterday afternoon. So, um, at the time of this recording, which is this morning, a little earlier today, uh, I've not heard anything since. But we're going to keep Maria in our prayers and the family and all of uh, you know. There's so many people around the world praying for her praying to proclaim the miracle. So we'll keep praying that prayer um, and ask you please to join us in that. And also, if you would, uh, keep my family in your prayers. Uh, We're awaiting the birth of our grandson. He was due yesterday. (laughs) This will be our third grandchild. Thanks be to God. And uh, we thank the Lord every day 
for the gift. You know, Scripture tells us it's a blessing if you're able to see your children's children. And uh, in a world that has just gone so awry in so many areas. In fact, I'm going to share with you today Holy Father uh, in his Angelus message from Sunday, but also, you know, he released the encyclical letter on Sunday, Tutti Fratelli, All Brothers, or Fratelli Tutti, I guess is that. But it means all brothers, and sisters is assumed, um, so don't get hung up on that. But, you know, already he's gotten some flack about his, his comments about capitalism in there. I haven't read that encyclical, so I can't really make comments one way or another, but uh, I do want to share with you from the Catholic News Agency some uh, some of the highlights from the encyclical letter, basically on loving one another, which is the message of Jesus. So anyway, we'll get to that as well. Let's come together now, my brothers and sisters, from wherever you are listening, uh, to share in this prayer uh, for unity. But especially we've been praying, and now as we are into the uh, end of the first week in October, just about a month away, I guess four weeks from today, it's Election Day, isn't it? Praying for our country. And we just see so much anger and division and divisiveness and polarization. We have to come together as the people of God, number one, because ultimately we're citizens of heaven, and pray for, and I, I still believe, I, 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 don't, I have no, nothing to base it on other than a feeling I have in my heart that we will see divine intervention that is uh, of the most extraordinary kind. And I, I don't even know what that is or what that means. I just really feel it in my heart uh, as we draw closer to the election. This nation is the greatest nation on the face of the earth. This nation is a, a, a beacon of light to so many, from, you know, a million people per year want to come here <laughs> legally. And uh, it just we just have to really pray. So we're praying this prayer, and, and providentially, you know, if you've been listening to the Novena prayer that the network has been praying um each day, we broadcast it at night at 9.30 and then repeat it the next day at 9 a.m. But they've included this prayer in that particular novena, um, which is great. It's a prayer from 1959 that was prayed at the um, dedication of the National Basilica of the Immaculate Conception in Washington, D.C. Of course, you know Our Lady, under the title of the Immaculate Conception, is the patroness of our land. And so we pray this prayer that they prayed in 1959 for the United States of America, invoking our Blessed Mother's intercession on behalf of our country and present the country to the Blessed Trinity. So let's begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Most Holy Trinity, our Father in heaven who chose Mary as the fairest of your daughters, Holy Spirit who chose Mary as your spouse, God the Son who chose Mary as your mother, in union with Mary, we adore your majesty and acknowledge your supreme, eternal dominion and authority. Most Holy Trinity, we put the United States of America into the hands of Mary Immaculate in order that she may present the country to you. Through her, we wish to thank you for the great resources of this land and for the freedom which has been its heritage. Through the intercession of Mary, have mercy on the Catholic Church in America 
grant us peace. Have mercy on our president and on all the officers of our government. Grant us a fruitful economy born of justice and charity. Have mercy on capital and industry and labor. Protect the family life of the nation. Guard the precious gift of many religious vocations. Through the intercession of our mother, have mercy on the sick, the tempted, sinners, on all who are in need. Mary, Immaculate Virgin, our Mother, Patroness of our land, we praise you and honor you and give ourselves to you. Protect us from every harm. Pray for us that acting always according to your will and the will of your divine Son, we may live and die pleasing to God. Amen. And we'll pray the prayers to Our Lady, I'm sorry, to um, St. Michael the Archangel, and also the beautiful ancient prayer to Our Blessed Mother, the Subtum Presidium prayer. Holy Father Pope Francis asked us to pray these prayers every day. Over two years ago, he said, pray these prayers every day to protect the Church from the attacks of the devil. And we've added the intention to protect our nation from the attacks of the devil. And so we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. Saint Pope John Paul II, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, again, my friends, I thank you as always for praying today, praying together as family from uh, wherever you listen. And, you know, we know we have listeners in other parts of the country and in other parts of the world. Thanks be to God. I receive every now and then little comments from uh, people in Africa, uh, out in the Midwest here in our own country, Texas, New Mexico. Uh, So it's a wonderful opportunity that the Lord gives to us through this apostolate to be able to gather the people of God at the same time to raise our hearts and minds as one, to pray for our church, to pray for each other, to pray for our country. And we have to storm heaven with these prayers, my friends. Uh, we are, I, I, you know, I, no matter who you talk to, I'm sure, they look and they say, I can't wait until this year is over. And we pray that when, when the year is over, that the next year, 2021, will be better, that this situation we find ourselves in does not carry into the next year. It has been one very, very difficult, trying weird uh, year, and uh, we, there's still more to come. I mean, we're still in, we still have a little less than three months left. But we know, as I said earlier, and as you know, ultimately we are citizens of heaven. And in this life, in this world, we stay close to the church, stay close to our Lord, 
and we'll make it through. And we know that one day when we depart this life and we see God face to face as he truly is, we pray that we will hear those words. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your father's house. That's what all of this is about. All the trials and troubles we find ourselves in, the difficulties, you know. The, 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 but what, what bothers me, I've been saying this for a few years now, the division really, really is disturbing. And I think what our Holy Father said in his new encyclical that he released over the weekend, Fratelli Tutti, all brothers and sisters, assumed, <laughs> is to love. It's to, you know, we, we are a world of many different people, but all and every single one of us no matter what our race, creed, color, personal beliefs, socioeconomic situation, we are all made in the image and likeness of God. And we are required, as our Lord said, to love each other. He didn't say only love Catholics or only love your own kind. He said love each other. And and that love conquers all things. You know, in the end... Uh, that's what it's going to be all about. The Lord's not going to say, you know, what kind of neighborhood did you live in? What, what, uh, how many houses did you have? Let me see your portfolio. He's not going to ask any of those questions. He's going to ask us how we loved. And, you know, I pray, my brothers and sisters, that everybody understands the importance, and I say this in all humility, but the importance of having an apostolate such as this available in these days. You know, I, I, I last night I was watching uh, the ball game. I, I really have not been watching baseball at all this summer, which is very, very odd because I'm a, I'm a very big, I love the game. I enjoy watching, you know, and rooting for the Yankees all my life. But earlier this summer, when baseball allowed politics to enter into, uh, and this is my own personal opinion, but in my own decision that I made the decision when when they allowed that, I said, that's it. You know, I don't go or watch a ball game to look at somebody else's politics or or I go there to watch a game. And, you know, in my mind, when you enter into, in this case, a baseball stadium or any other sports activity that you go to, there are two sides, either rooting for the home team or rooting for the, for the visiting team. That's it. That's all you should care about at that point in that building or when you're watching it. So I basically had a personal boycott. But, you know, last night, I forgot the playoffs have started. I, I, I had to get away from, from the politics. You know, you watch the news. You watch your, your favorite uh, sources of information and think, oh, my goodness, I just have to escape. <laughs> but the best way to get away from all of this is through prayer, is to be united as the people of God, or if you're by yourself, you know, to, as Jesus said, you know, go, uh, just go into a room and just you and God have some conversation, have some time together, contemplate and meditate on the goodness of our Lord. And we need this apostolate because we proclaim that message 24 hours a day, seven days a week, as I've been sharing with you. And as you know, if you're a regular listener to the, to the station, we did not have our Radiothon last spring as planned and as we usually do. And that is our major 
fundraiser each year. Not having it has put us in a very, very serious financial situation. My brothers and sisters, we are going to have the Radiothon before the year's out. I do know that. I'm just waiting to finalize the dates. But in the meantime, I put the call out to you. You know, in the very beginning, when we started this work many, many years ago, our, our battle cry was Duke in Altum, put out into the deep for a great catch. Take the risk. Get out and do what the Lord says. And that's what we do, and that's what we did, and the Lord will take care of the catch. I'm doing that now. I'm casting the nets out there right now, and we might have someone listening or a few people listening who have the financial ability to make a great sacrificial gift to help us through the next couple of months because we don't have those funds that we usually have this time of year that were uh, donated back at the Radiothon. We didn't have the Radiothon. So, and, and the summer months were rough. Donations have been not down a lot, but they've been down. But we don't have that, that Radiothon uh, cash to, to draw from. So I'm putting the call out right now to anyone and all people, whatever you can do, please support this apostolate. We need this light shining, the light of the gospel being proclaimed. And we cannot do it without you. So please, either make an online donation with your debit or credit card. You go to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org, and you can click on the Donate Now button and make a donation. Or write to us here at Domestic Church Media, P.O. Box 7509-TRENTON-08628. That's Domestic Church Media, P.O. Box 7509-TRENTON-08628. And again, my brothers and sisters, I ask you please to open your heart, you know, Nonprofits such as this have been suffering. Your parish has suffered, I'm sure, in many ways, uh, and and many nonprofits. People are, but but this is an, an an apostolate that is so needed, a place where people can come to get away from all that other stuff, and to hear the truth that really matters, the truth that will set them free, and enable them on this great journey, this great pilgrimage to our Father's house to be united with Christ, to encounter Jesus, and to walk with brothers and sisters in the Lord on this great journey of faith to our final encounter with Jesus in heaven. So please support us. Go to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org. Click on the Donate Now button or write to us, Domestic Church Media, P.O. Box 7509, Trenton, 08628. I really appreciate it, and thank you in advance for your generosity. God bless you. Now, we'll go to the Angelus message from Pope Francis on Sunday, and he was reflecting, as he does usually on his Angelus messages, on the day's gospel and uh, the parable of the wicked vine dressers of the day on Sunday. Holy Father revises Jesus' parable, which described a landowner who departs and leaves his vineyard in the hands of tenants, at harvest time, he sends some servants to collect the fruit, but the vine dressers welcome the servants with a beating, and some even kill them. The master sends other servants, more numerous, but they receive the same treatment. The peak 
is reached when the landowner decides to send his son. The Holy Father said the vine growers have no respect for him. On the contrary, they think by that eliminating him, they can take over the vineyard and so they kill him too. Pope Francis explained that the vineyard represents the people chosen by the Lord. The servants are the prophets sent by God and the Son is Jesus. And just as the prophets were rejected, Holy Father said, Jesus too was rejected and killed. Well, at the end of the story, Jesus asked the leaders of the people, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what, do you, uh, what will he do to those tenants? The landowner, they say, will severely punish those wicked people and entrust the vineyard to other tenants who will deliver the produce to him at the proper time. The Holy Father said that with this very harsh parable, Jesus confronts his uh, interlocutors and, and with responsibility, and he does so with extreme clarity. The admonition, he says, applies to all times, even today. He continues, God awaits the fruits of his vineyard from those he has sent to work in it. In any age, Pope Francis said, those who have authority among God's people may be tempted to do their own work instead of that of, the, of God himself. But the vineyard is the Lord's, not ours. Authority, the Holy Father said, is a service, and as such, should be exercised for everyone's good and for the d- dissemination of the gospel. And, you know, uh, that's what apostolate is all about. You know, we've, we, I'm in my 25th year of Catholic broadcasting. Come this November, we'll mark the 25th anniversary of the first time I sat behind a microphone <laughs> and uh, did a Catholic radio program. 25 years, quarter of a century. My goodness, November of 1995. And I remember it well. I, I remember that day well. I, I've shared that with uh, many people, uh, as well as here on the program, what that experience was like and, and the the call that was really given to me at that time. And I say, I say that in all humility because I had no intention of doing this. I had no intention of ever, ever this was not my my uh, my thing. This was, <laughs> if I was going to be behind a microphone, as you know, I was going to be in the broadcast booth at Yankee Stadium doing the play-by-play for the Yankees. Well, that never obviously happened. God led me down this path. And I know for the past 25 years, for as long as I've been involved in this, as steward, especially over this apostolate, the authority, so to speak. Now, we do have a wonderful board of directors uh, that uh, runs the operation, uh, runs the apostolate, financially especially. Uh, but as far as the work here at, at the station, you know, the, 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 the general operating uh, situation of, of the radio and the, the, the media that we have that's under my authority, under my, my control, I understand the responsibility that there is that our main responsibility is to evangelize. It's not about uh, building up uh, Jim Manfredonia or anybody else who is in this building. Never was, never will be. It's about the dissemination of the gospel. And we're just the instruments. We're just the workers in the vineyard. That's all. And unfortunately, you know, when you have something like this that becomes a very public uh, um, uh Thing where people, you, you know, you're, you become a public figure because you're being heard by thousands of people and, and seen by thousands of people, and and you know you're you're associated with a 
so-called quote-unquote glamorous media where where you know there's uh, because of that visibility people sometimes get a little little carried away with themselves <laughs> so sadly and I've seen it happen where they think they're something more than they they should be in work like this we're just the instruments we're just the ones who are here to serve the lord to do what the lord wants he is the main operator here and so holy father reminded us on Sunday that in any age those who have authority among God's people may be tempted to do their own work instead of uh, that of God's but the vineyard is the Lord's not ours and as we work in this vineyard <laughs> in whatever work that might be you know we're very blessed here at the apostolate as I said you know the Lord has blessed us and and I know you know I, 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 we've had moments like this not a lot recently because the radiothons every year have have really filled a gap for us, a financial gap uh, in the course of our, our our year each year, and we don't have that, then we have some difficulty, as we're seeing this year. But we know it is work that has to be done, and we know that God will sustain us. You know, as I said, uh, um, over seven years ago, when. Bishop O'Connell, without me even asking, saw this uh, through the again through the generosity of time, talent, and treasure of a few people, were building in or converting really old studio, a couple of old studios here in our main facility into a what I then called a prayer room, um, chapel. Uh, when Bishop O'Connell saw that under construction, without me even asking, said that we could have the Blessed Sacrament here. That, for me, was confirmation that not only did Jesus confirm what we were doing as obviously something he wanted, but that he would be here with us, not just spiritually, but really, truly present with us. It, it, it always just you know, knocks me over <laughs> with uh, gratitude. Whenever I walk into this building, this beautiful building that when we first walked in, uh, I guess 12 years ago, was literally in shambles. It was uh, had been vacant for eight years. It was used as a storage facility. Nothing was working. It was just a mess. <laughs> when Cheryl came over here with me the first time, and she said, I'll never go back in that building again. It was so filthy. But obviously, in the past 12 years, a lot has happened. And now Jesus has been with us here, really, truly, substantially present in the Eucharist for the past seven-plus years. Understanding this is a vineyard, and we are the workers. And all the, the, the wonderful people who have come to join us over the course of these many years that we've been here, some have come and stayed, some have come and gone. Some have come and gone very quickly. Some have been here for a number of years and then left. Everyone contributing to the work that has to be done. The Lord has asked me in the course of these many years, for the past 25 years, to do this work. It was never my intention. But one day the Lord struck me <laughs> and said, I need you to do this. You know, Mother Angelica, God rest her soul, and we pray 
to Mother all the time for intercession in our work. Said God chooses God chooses dodos to do His work, <laughs> and I said that I'm the perfect example of that. God chooses dodos to do His work, but as workers in the vineyard, we have an enormous responsibility to ensure that what we are doing here is the Lord's work, not our own. It's the Lord's work. And you know, and I'll be honest with you, now come this December, I turn 66, I can start collecting Social Security. <laughs> Hard to believe, but yes. But I tell you what, there's no way, Cheryl and I laugh all the time, because in her work at, 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 as a church choir director, music director, organist, for the past 30 years, and we, we've both worked in the church, so to speak. We'll never be able to retire. We don't, we, didn't have, we don't have any 401Ks or any of that stuff. We don't have any of that, that stuff waiting for us. We just got to keep going until the Lord says, okay, time to come home. And we will for as long as he allows us to do it. We'll do what we have to do. Because we know it's important work that has to be done. This is the vineyard. We are the workers. And you, my brothers and sisters, by your participation in, in supporting us and praying for us, you too are workers in this vineyard of Catholic media, the vineyard that is here to proclaim the Word of God faithfully and truthfully and, and, and to, to proclaim it loudly and boldly without compromise. We hear the word truth thrown around a lot today. You know, he's a liar, he's a liar, she's a liar, she's not telling the truth. You know when you come here, you're getting the truth, the truth that will make you free. And my brothers and sisters, that's why we exist. That's why we are here. That's why I thank the Lord for this opportunity to be here, to come and share this good news with you every day. And thank you for supporting us. And we do need you. Go to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org, and make an online donation. Support this work. Click the Donate Now button, domesticchurchmedia.org. I'll take a break. When I come back, I'm going to go and share with you from the Catholic News Agency some uh, highlights from the Holy Father's encyclical Fratelli Tutti. Don't go away. More to come on Come to Me. The Gospels did not start the Church. The Church started the Gospels. The Church did not come out of the Gospels. It was the Gospels that came out of the Church. The Church preceded the New Testament, not the New Testament, the Church. Men did not believe in the resurrection because the gospel said there was a resurrection. The gospel writers wrote down the story of the crucifixion, for example, and the resurrection because they believed it. Now in like manner, the church did not come to believe in the virgin birth because the gospels tell us there is a virgin birth. It was because the living word of God in his mystical body, the church already believed it and they set it down in the gospels. Listen to Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen every Sunday morning at 7.30, right here where you are family, Domestic Church Catholic Radio. Hello, brothers and sisters. This is Sister Ann Shields speaking to you from Food for the Journey, a program that is heard on Domestic Church Radio Monday through Friday at 6.30 a.m., I want to encourage you to listen to that program, not because I'm doing it, 
but because I speak of the scripture readings for the day, and the word of God is what gives us life. Brothers and sisters, today we need life. What have you done for your marriage today? I gave my wife a hug this morning. I told her I love her. Instead of sitting on the couch, I helped clean up. I cooked my husband's uh, favorite breakfast. I sent my husband a love email. What have I done for my marriage today? It's a good question. Uh, I gave her a call and say, thinking of her and the kids. I uh, did her hair this morning. I think it looks pretty good. <laughs> We're going to the museums as a family. What have I done for my marriage today? I made my wife coffee and breakfast this morning. It's going to be her birthday next week, so I've been spending time today making arrangements to make that extra special. Oh, we're spending the day together. I bought her an orchid. <laughs> Hassan was able to let me sleep in by taking him, care of him in the morning. I read the newspaper to my wife, and it cracked her up. She's, been, she's still laughing. <laughs> what have you done for your marriage today? Small changes can make a world of difference. Get started at foryourmarriage.org. A message from the Catholic Church. Do you want to end abortion? Halt the attack on traditional marriage and ensure religious freedom for ourselves and for our grandchildren? To do this, we must convert the culture. St. Paul's Street Evangelization is a grassroots initiative that recognizes this need and takes it to the streets. If you're interested in peacefully sharing the gospel in your area, visit streetevangelization.com to learn more. We want to invite you to pray the rosary with us. The rosary is many things, but perhaps the best way to think about the rosary is to think about it as a spiritual place, as an invisible chapel that you can enter into even in a busy time of life. Pray the Holy Rosary with Father Benedict Groeschel, mornings at 9.30, right here on Domestic Church Radio. Hi, I'm Mike Walsh, co-host of Talking Catholic. Every week our show will bring you in-depth interviews with the hard-working people doing the Lord's work in parishes, schools, and ministries. Our increasingly secularized world often makes it easy to forget that we are surrounded by wonderful workers in the vineyard. On Talking Catholic, we will bring you their perspectives on how we can better serve God and our neighbors. Tune in to Talking Catholic on Sundays at 11 a.m. and Mondays at 4 p.m. I'm Cheryl. And I'm Jim. And we invite you to join us every Friday at 4 p.m. for Friday Live. Two hours of talk, music, interesting, and informative interviews. We'll also have a reflection on Sunday's Gospel, Jim Hoffman's weekend weather forecast, and you'll have a chance to call in and play one of our fun game shows like Saint of the Day or Name That Catholic Tune. It all happens right here Friday at 4 p.m. That's Friday Live, proclaiming the joy of the Gospel, communicating hope, on these domestic church media stations. Welcome back, friends, on this beautiful October 6th. What a glorious day. Uh, these early October days are so pretty when you get a day like this. I hope you're enjoying it. 
Uh, I am coming to you on a pre-recorded uh, broadcast today. We recorded it a little earlier this morning. We have no video either. Um, we're working on that. Yesterday, the strangest thing, uh, we found out. We, we went on the air live at 3 o'clock with Bruce Tobacco's program, and uh, YouTube clicked on or flashed a thing saying this YouTube this uh, user is banned from live streaming video. So... Anytime you get banned by YouTube, I think it's like a badge of honor you can wear that, right? But we're working on that, figure out what's going on over there. Um, and hopefully by tomorrow we'll be back live on our video platforms. But uh, right now, <laughs> I don't know. It's a crazy, crazy world, isn't it? Um, you know, I mentioned, and as you know, we pray the, the prayer to um, uh, Our Lady, uh, the prayer for the United States, and and. We've sent out thousands of these, and if you haven't received yours or you want more, especially over the next four weeks, you know, four weeks from today is Election Day, uh, we're happy to send them to you. Just go to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org, and up on top, there's a the word prayer. Just put your cursor over that word, and a little menu drops down, and click on Prayer for the United States of America, and... Uh, Give us your name and address and how many you want, and we're happy to get them out. Uh, don't worry about, you know, amount. If you're going to pass them out to people or uh, maybe Father is going to let you uh, pass them out or put them in somewhere in the church where people can can collect them or take one, they're free. We don't charge for them. Uh, we even pick up the postage sending them out to you. So uh, we're just trusting in the providence of God. Um, but anyway, there's a couple thousand left, so let's get them out there, right? And also, um, you know, there are those very special uh, novena prayers going on out there. Um, The 54-day Rosary Miracle Novena, uh, Father Jim and uh, Tony Blount, brothers, with the Society of Our Lady of the Most Holy Trinity, began this on August 15th, um, and it's going to be prayed uh, through... um, I guess is it is it this this uh, fifty four? Let me figure it out. Well, just keep praying. It's fifty four days from August fifteenth, whatever that might be. Is that uh, that election day? Maybe uh, anyway, or or maybe it's the seventh. This Holy Rosary. Anyway, go to queenofpeacemedia.com, queenofpeacemedia.com, and join that crusade. Also, um, there is the. Million Rosary, Million Rosary March, uh, where people are pledging to pray the Rosary. Uh, that's MillionRosaryMarch.com, and uh, I don't know if this is the most updated number or not. I go to the website here and I check it out. Uh, let's see what it says. I'm waiting for it to pop up here. But MillionRosary.com is where you can go to pledge. The rosary, yeah, this is, hasn't really been updated, but one, one, almost 1.4 million rosaries have been pledged. Uh, and, of course, tomorrow, you know, is the Feast of the Holy Rosary, October 7th. And uh, live at 3 o'clock, we're going to broadcast the rosary being prayed um, through the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops. So there will be people all over the country tomorrow, 3 o'clock our time, uh, praying at the same time the rosary. So join us tomorrow on the Feast of the Holy Rosary, 3 o'clock live on these domestic church media radio stations. And if you have any of our other audio platforms, you can listen that way as well, our free mobile app, 
the Amazon Echo Google Home devices. Uh, we stream live there. Just say play domestic church media. Uh, all these ways to listen. And, and speaking of our app, my friends, please, if you've not yet downloaded our free mobile app for your phone or tablet, do that. It is a great app, if I may say so myself, because it gives you everything domestic church media has to offer, including the live audio stream, including the live video stream when we're doing that, including all of our program archives on both audio and video format. But much more than that, the entire Catechism of the Catholic Church, the entire Bible, uh, the readings for the, of the day, the Mass readings, morning prayer, evening prayer, night prayer, I mean, Saint of the Day, uh, there's so much on there, and it's free. Just go to your app store, search for Domestic Church Media, and download it. It's a, a wonderful—we've had it now for about a year. We, we, we launched it last October, and uh, we've had thousands of downloads. Uh, and uh, I look on the map because I can see where the downloads occurred. Uh, every continent, there has been a down, at least a download, one, multiple ones, though, on every continent except Antarctica. So people around the world have downloaded the free Domestic Church Media mobile app which means that they can listen to the live audio stream anytime, anywhere through the app. They can watch uh, whenever we do the live video uh, on the app. Um, it's a great resource. And, um, you know, we're, as I've shared with you uh, before, um, the Lord is placing on my heart. He's making, giving me a restless heart right now for a particular project. Um, so <laughs> I keep saying, okay, Lord, but, you know, you have to send me the resources, too. But he's asking me to trust, as I've been doing for 25 years, uh, and we have to expand. We have to reach people, not just those who listen to the radio. You know, uh, we sent out a, 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 um, a, a email blast over the weekend uh, with the headline, you know, we're not just your grandmother's radio station anymore, and we're not. You know, I've been doing radio a long time, and and uh, I started studying radio at Seton Hall University back in the mid-1970s when radio was radio, and that was it. You know, there was no a simulcast of video like we do now. There was no—you uh, you wanted to listen to the radio, you had to have a radio. <laughs> That's the, the only way to do it. And uh, the technology has advanced so rapidly over the past number of years that we have all these other formats to use. And, it, it, I mean, I, being the apostolate that we are, we have to keep advancing and using every opportunity. And one big opportunity is video. And there's many things on the horizon now that we are looking at uh, that the Lord has shown me that we have to investigate and decide on how best we're going to use them to reach as many people as possible with the gospel message, the true gospel message of Jesus Christ that he revealed to the Catholic Church and the Catholic Church has taught faithfully for 2,000 years. We have to do this. And, um, you know, I, I have all these inspirations, and then I need to find the resources to help fund them. And thanks be to God, in the past 25 years, the Lord has always provided. So, we have to keep these radio stations on the air, we have to keep broadcasting, and we have to grow. We can't just sit back and say, okay, this is it. We have to keep growing. 
There's so many people to reach. So many people are lost, especially young people who have just walked away from the faith or have not even, who have not even heard about Jesus because of the parents who have walked away. And we can't let this happen. As I said, I, I do believe that as we approach this upcoming election, we're going to see divine intervention of the most extraordinary kind. And I don't know in what way that will happen. I don't know what form it will take. But I do believe we're going to see it because we have so many people praying, so many people praying, fasting, sacrificing for our country. This country is, is the last beacon of light shining in the world. And we can't let that light go out. Not perfect. It's not a perfect country. And we're not perfect people. But as people of faith, as I said, and as you know, ultimately citizens of heaven, while we're here on earth, we have an obligation to defend uh, the rights of, of individuals, to live under the Judeo-Christian values upon which this country was founded. You know, we remember living in the America of my youth, where there was a true sense of patriotism and understanding of authority and respect and dignity and truth. So we have to keep praying for that. But I do believe that we are going to see something like never before. But I also believe, my friends, that we, as the people of God, as the brothers and sisters in the Lord, we have an obligation to pray. Keep praying. Keep praying for this country. And uh, we want to be a part of that for you. You know, we have the rosary on four times a day. We have the mass on twice a day. Uh, like tomorrow, the Feast of the Rosary, we're going to bring you uh, the praying of the rosary through the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, people all over the country at the same time praying the rosary. Um, so join us for that. So much to do. So much work to be done. Uh, okay, so I didn't intend to go that far, but uh, let's go to Holy Father. Um, let's see, where did I put it? I'm going to find it. <laughs> uh, okay. Holy Father's encyclical that he released over the weekend, Fratelli Tutti, All Brothers. And I'm reading from the Catholic News Agency. I've not read the encyclical, so I can't make comment on it. I don't, it wouldn't be fair without me actually reading it myself. That's why I always say, you know, you, you can, depending on your source of information, your opinions become formed by that information. Uh, we have an obligation as Catholics that we've been talking about. We'll talk more about it tomorrow on forming our consciences regarding how we live uh, but as far as opinions go, whatever our sources of information are will form that opinion. I read from the Catholic News Agency, which is owned by EWTN, and uh, just some commentary on the Holy Father's encyclical that, again, depending on your source, you re may re have read some things that were negative about his views on capitalism and things. Uh, and again, I've not read it, so I can't comment, but I will share with you from the Catholic News Agency account, where it says the Holy Father presented his vision for overcoming the world's growing divisions that have been laid bare 
by the coronavirus crisis. Um, the news agency said that in the letter, which was released on Sunday, October 4th, the Holy Father urged people of goodwill to promote fraternity through dialogue, renewing society by putting love for others ahead of personal interests. Throughout the encyclical, now this is from the, the uh, Catholic news agency, throughout the encyclical, the Holy Father emphasizes the primacy of love in both social and political contexts. The uh, encyclical's opening phrase, Fratelli Tutti, means all brothers, and the words are taken from the writings of St. Francis of Assisi, to whom the Pope paid tribute at the beginning of the encyclical, describing him as the saint of fraternal love. He said he was struck that when uh, St. Francis met with Egyptian Sultan Al-Kamil in the year 1219, he urged that all forms of hostility or conflict be avoided and that a humble and fraternal subjection be shown to those who did not share his faith. Pope Francis said, St. Francis did not wage a war of words aimed at imposing doctrines. He simply spread the love of God. In his way, he became a father to all and inspired the vision of a fraternal society. You know, my brothers and sisters, there are many, many different people in the world, with different beliefs, with different understandings, uh, with with different ideologies, and of course, uh, different races, creeds, and colors. The one thing we all do have in common is that we are all made in the image and likeness of God. And God loves every single individual that he created equally. And using St. Francis as St. Francis of Assisi as his the model of all of this to inspire a vision of fraternal society, certainly we would love and our responsibility as Catholics is to evangelize, is to bring Jesus to as many people as possible, people who don't know him, people who have walked away from him, uh, people who have, have uh, uh, rejected him. Our responsibility is to bring Christ to everyone, both in word and deed. It was St. Francis himself who said, preach the gospel, sometimes even use words. But being, you know, you, you, you're not going to bring Jesus to other people by hitting them over the head with a catechism. And that's what the Holy Father is saying here, that St. Francis didn't wage a war of words aimed at imposing doctrines. He simply spread the love of God. And the Holy Father explained that his new encyclical brought together many of his previous reflections on human fraternity and social friendship and also expanded on the themes contained in the document on human fraternity for world peace and living together, which he signed uh, back in 2019. And he said, the following pages do not offer a complete teaching on fraternal love, but rather to consider its universal scope, its openness to every man and woman. I offer this social encyclical as a modest contribution to continued reflection in the hope that in the face of present-day attempts to eliminate or ignore others, 
we may prove capable of responding with a new vision of fraternity and a social friendship that will not remain at the level of words. The Holy Father signed the encyclical uh, in Assisi on October 3rd, um, and he's thought to be the first Holy Father to sign an encyclical outside of Rome for more than 200 years uh, since uh, Pius XII uh, did in 1814. The Holy Father noted that while he was writing the letter, the COVID-19 pandemic unexpectedly erupted, exposing our false securities. Aside from the different ways that various countries responded to the crisis, their inability to work together became quite evident. For all our hyperconnectivity, we witnessed a fragmentation that made it more difficult to resolve problems that affect us all. Um, and this is, you know, this is obviously is a, a problem we have in the world today. You know, there's a, there's a polarization, there's a, a divisiveness, there's a, uh, not just among countries, but even within countries. The Holy Father laid out the challenges facing humanity amid the coronavirus, which has killed more than a million people in the world. He cited wars, the throwaway culture, and he said this. Now, this listen to the Holy Father's words. He cited the throwaway culture that includes abortion and euthanasia, neglect of the elderly, discrimination against women, and slavery, among other threats. I mean, it's very clear that this throwaway culture in which we live should be, uh, you know, to the f- uh, brought to the fore regularly, because it includes abortion. You know, we're gonna we're, we're hearing, uh, I mean, have been hearing for so many years now, the battle between pro-life people and pro-abortion people, and how. Uh, now, in, in, in 47 years since the Roe v. Wade decision, you know, the, the numbers of, of innocent babies that have been uh, killed through abortion that has extended into acceptance of euthanasia, death with dignity, so to speak, they call it, uh, neglect of the elderly, discrimination against women, slavery, these are all threats, Pope Francis said, and he offered a, crit- a critique of contemporary political debate as well as online communication, which he said was often marred by verbal violence. I think part of our issue today is with social media and social communications, people become very brave. You know, um, I had a situation recently where um, individuals um, informed me of, of a decision they had made regarding something we were, had been discussing that uh, was very important to me here at the, at the Apostolate and, and very, very, you know, and uh, I mean, it was something that I, I was really, really excited about. And, and I get an email uh, saying that it couldn't be done. And I thought this, this really was something that should have, should have been a phone call, not, a, not an email. Emails, in my mind, in some cases, emails are for cowards. <laughs> They, you know, and so and that allows people to become verbally violent in, in a sense or verbally uh, cruel or, or verbally uh, ne- le- being verbally neglected and, and whatever way they use it. Holy Father said in today's world, the sense of belonging to a single human family is fading and the dream of working together for justice and peace seems an outdated utopia. He wrote what reigns instead is a cool comfortable and globalized indifference born of deep disillusionment 
concealed behind a deceptive illusion, thinking that we are all powerful while all, uh, failing to realize they were all in the same boat. That was an observation that the astronauts made. I'll never forget, uh, and I've shared this with you, for 1968, Apollo 8, uh, a, a, a moon mission that w- preceded the actual moon landing. It was December of 1968 where, um, you know, the moon landing took place in July of ni- 1969, just six months later. But that October 8th, I'm sorry, that uh, December 1968 Apollo 8 moon mission where they left the Earth's um, gravitational pull and headed to the moon, and they orbited the moon. Didn't land on it, but orbited it, and it happened to be taking place on Christmas Eve. And on live television, the astronauts on Christmas Eve had their TV camera in their spacecraft projecting back to the planet, their vision, what they were seeing from their orbit around the moon of the Earth, the entire Earth. And they read from the book of Genesis. They read from the Bible on Christmas Eve, these astronauts. You know, think about that happening today. Would never happen. But their their vision was they saw, basically, we're all on the same planet. We're all in the same boat, as Holy Father said. And we sometimes fail, not sometimes, but oftentimes fail to realize that we're in this and on this planet all brothers and sisters created by the same god and we have an obligation to each other in that sense oh, oh there's the, i gotta go all right well listen i'll i'll uh, i'll leave you now uh and and pray you have a great rest of your day thanks for being with me today beautiful day enjoy it uh i'll be back tomorrow god willing so uh but tomorrow at, at uh, three o'clock be sure to tune in. We're going to broadcast live the rosary being prayed nationwide, so you can be a part of that. Uh, many prayers being raised. My name is Jim Manfredonia. Thanks for listening. God bless you, and God love you. <laughs>